You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. <laughs> we should really start that over. That was so bad. <laughs> We're back! Yay! Man, we it's been a long time. We didn't do an episode last week, and it's been like... Are we keeping it? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's been like 12 weeks since we've actually like podcasted together live. Oh my god. Because we, we pre-recorded all the episodes you've been seeing for the last 10 weeks, because Ethan was overseas, leading yes. an outreach, so yes. he's been gone. Don't so, mention the country. Yeah, this is our freaking first time back. It feels amazing. Yeah. We're watching basketball at the same time as <laughs> doing this, so definitely be able to concentrate. It'll be fantastic. The I don't... Clippers are whooping the jazz. What is the, well, I guess it comes out a couple days later, so I'll say if people haven't seen the game, that's their fault. Not yet. Um, shout out to my girlfriend. She doesn't know I have her water bottle. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Shout out to me for my water bottle. <laughs> so I made this observation when I was on, um, when I was overseas, that mm-hmm. they're like, you know, everyone within your organization uses Hydro Flask, but usually everyone mm-hmm. in the world race uses... Nalgene. Nalgene, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty funny, because that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's really accurate. It's just like, like, I think people from different climates just use Nalgene's. Like, if you're not from somewhere that's, like, really hot all the time, like, there's no reason to really have, like, a hydro flask, because you're usually not going to keep hot things in a big hydro flask. It's usually to keep your water cold. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so, like, most of the climbing friends I know who climb in, like, cold climates just have Nalgene's because they're so much lighter. Right. That makes sense. And I've had both before. Yeah, we did a four-day... on the person you are. We did a four-day trek, and our guy who was helping us was like, you don't want to bring your hydro flask. I was like, mm-hmm. why? He's like, it's really heavy. I was like, you're really that's heavy. fair. You've been leading treks for 20 years. I'm just going to listen to you. <laughs> and so... You're I, probably smart. Yeah. You know something if you've been successful, so... That's all funny. Um, wow. But yeah, so first time in the studio for over two months. Yeah, it feels so good to be back. Like, Still feeling jet-lagged. Around this time every day, I just crash hard. Wow. So... Dang. Forgive me if I'm not as lively. How long was the time difference for you? 13 so hours. Know. Dang. That's so, crazy. Usually like this time, I'd be like getting up for breakfast. Right. So All right around this time, right? Yep. That's crazy. But yeah, that's an explanation of the terrible intro we just had yes. that we're going to keep because that's <laughs> hilarious and yep. why not have some f- fun and humor in life? Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, uh, your one-stop shop for all the gray areas of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have a lot of questions and we like to dive into them and answer them. Answer those questions. Yeah. Yes. We're definitely, like, correct in everything we say, so don't worry about going to other places. Don't fact check us. Never look up anything for yourself. Honestly, like, most churches will tell you, like, you need to read your Bible. You just need to listen to us. You can read the Bible, but everything the Bible is saying, everything we're saying about the Bible is probably right. Here's what you want to do. You want to take our opinions on things and go to the Bible and find proof texts in the Bible for what we're saying to Mm -hmm. prove we're right. Right? They say, That's what you want to do. You don't want to look for stuff that contradicts what we say. You want to look for only things that say that. we're right. Yeah, so there's two ways to study the Bible. There's exegesis, which is where you take the message out. And there's eisegesis, where you take your ideas in. Mm. That's Every, the one we want. Everything you do, you should exegesis, except for our podcast, yes. eisegesis. <laughs> you know. Um, That's how you live so, a prosperous life. Really, if you got any questions, uh, just you know, listen to our podcast and then just assume that we're right. And then read the Bible and find out we are. <laughs> <laughs> Completely a, joking. But we have so many, like, really cool 
um, series coming up. We're going to do some reactions to some really controversial TikToks. We're going to start doing a series on that, which is going to be really cool and a lot of, honestly, like really, really cool controversial uh, topics that go super <laughs> deep, super <laughs> deep. Um, we're really excited for that one. Um, you can follow us on our TikTok. We're having a good time there, replying to people and, and having fun. Follow us on our Instagram, all kind of stuff. But uh, what are we talking about today, Ethan? It's an interesting um, one. Yeah, so we we like Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we like to talk about Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, we never talked to Bethel, although I've mm. talked to one person from Bethel. Yeah, I have a lot of friends uh, from Bethel. Nice. Actually, I got some. Okay, so yeah, yeah. If you count people who've gone to their school, yeah. And yes, I have a couple people. Um, we're gonna be talking about Bethel, which we haven't actually done since we really started. It was show. like I think our third episode or something. Yeah, episode we or something start, like that. We, done that we talked in, about it in a bit, maybe over like two years ago, uh, or at least two years ago. Yeah. You want to recap real fast, like what that was about? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So just like from my memory, we there was. Like two years ago, there's a ton, a ton of controversy right around the time when uh, the movie The American Gospel came out, um, where there was just so many little controversies about Hillsong and Bethel. They haven't gone away, but that was like the hype or the height of the hype um, around them of just the different things that were kind of suspicious, like some different new agey things that they were doing, especially around like the BSSM school that Bethel has, um, and just some like weird charismatic practices they were doing that people weren't comfortable with. And um, that alongside the, um, the seeming way that Bill Johnson and some different leaders in Hillsong were talking about Jesus. Bethel, Bethel mean, do you mean to say Hillsong? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bethel and Hillsong, but Bill Johnson's the leader of Bethel. He's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. pastor. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about Jesus. They're talking about him as if he was just a man filled with the Holy Spirit and not God. Um, that was a big controversial thing. Uh, you know, uh, well, it's because his book says Jesus is just a man in right relationship with God. Right. So that so, was that was on the biggest controversy. Right. He didn't outright say Jesus isn't God. He just made statements that implied it. Kind right. Of. Right. And that was like at the height of like everybody calling out all of the um, <clears throat> prosperity gospel teachers and stuff like that. And so, just recently, um, Bill Johnson did a podcast or he started a podcast or something yeah. called uh, Rethinking Red- Rediscover Bethel. Rediscover Bethel. Right. Where they yeah. kind of. Um, answer a lot of those questions that people had two years ago, which terrible timing. Like, why not? <laughs> why not just like talk about it when it's like being talked about? Like, yeah. I feel like everybody just has their opinion on Bethel now, and they just don't care about what they're gonna say a right. little bit. It seems like kind of like late to me, but it's still, I think it's great that he made something to yeah, like, address a, it, those. At things. least he didn't like say nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. It was really cool to listen to that form of a podcast from him of a guy asking questions. The guy obviously loves him a lot. Well, and, they work together. Yeah, yeah. The one guy who, like runs a school ministry i think i know i'm just saying like it it was nice to see him have that kind of long form conversation right instead of just him preaching right um which i haven't seen a ton of but i've definitely like listened to a little bit uh-huh. um but just to hear him answering questions even though it was like from a, a person that's really close to him mm-hmm. wasn't ans- asking him like really like hardline questions just like super easy to answer stuff yeah. um but it was really interesting so today we're gonna dive into um, a little bit more of that, a little bit of how he answers the questions from the interview and just different thoughts that he has in this interview, right? They talk a lot about yeah. theology. They talk a lot about Jesus. They talk a lot about unity in the church. Um, they talk about healings and the theology on if it's God's will to always heal someone, right? Um, so we're going to dive into that and yeah. just the different points, maybe go point by point into um, the interview that he did in the podcast that he did. It's super interesting stuff, mm-hmm. honestly. They get into a lot of different aspects of theology. Um, some I agree in, some I don't agree in. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Anything you want to yeah. say about that? Yeah, like before we get into this, because I think at least where we live, our friends know I have like this. I have a reputation with our friend group to not be the biggest fan of Bethel. My goodness, how much ice do you have in there? A lot. <laughs> um, 
And so one of our friends made a joke like, oh, Ethan hates Bethel. So I just want to say from the onset, I don't hate Bethel. Yeah, me either. Um, I was actually really encouraged and with some of the things Bill Johnson said and uh, mm-hmm. some of the things he said. I was like, oh, that's a, I like that point. I'm going to remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, it wasn't like everything he said. I was like, no. I right. just was like, oh, some of the things, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but to give you an overview of what they covered. So this is, we're going to be responding to um What's called it says Rediscover Bethel episode one mm. Bethel's beliefs about Jesus, God's sovereignty, and Bible translation. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um so it's been out for a little bit, like a few days, and it's already got forty thousand views. Mm-hmm. So obviously everything Bethel does, everyone flocks to it to listen to it. That's not that many views. What's that? So that's not that many views. More than ours. Okay. <laughs> that's the standard. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've got over a hundred and they have forty thousand. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so they covered. Oh, I'm sorry, I need to take some water. You want to take that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the things just that they the, covered. Yeah, the things. Oh, interesting. My okay. throat's all dry. Um, so they do like an introduction and then a personal history. Um, they do. They go over like Jesus Christ's perfect <coughs> theology. You want to go over these as we talk about them, or just explain all of them and then go over them? Um, I just want to like bird's eye view them, list okay, them, yeah, yeah, and then we yeah. can respond individually. Um, then they talk after they talk about Jesus's perfect theology. Um, they talk about the theology of sickness and healing, which is very interesting and controversial, right? Also really hard to understand, right? There's a lot of interesting parts about that. Then they talk about the sovereignty of God, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of basic in some ways. Um, and then they talk about the Passion Translation and different heresies around that and different ways. Well, they didn't uh, talk about the heresies. Well, I know, but it says <laughs> Bible Translation heresy <laughs> in their description. <laughs> and they didn't really talk about it, but they, they addressed it a little bit. And they talked about what Bethel believes about um, the gospel and the cross which was I thought was a good part too. Yeah, that was the end. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was definitely a good interview. You want to go just from the beginning and talk about uh, like the first thing that they talked about and go on. Yeah, like our responses to what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Well, they even talked about stuff before that too, in like unity in the body of oh, Christ. Oh, like yeah, which is interesting. Um, I didn't like some parts about that. I think. I think that could be the main message of what they talked about, right? Because the main thing Bethel wants to get across most of the time is they want to blur the lines between denominations to get the body of Christ to be unified, right? Which is which is a beautiful thing to want to have the, the Church of Christ be unified, right? To have the body be unified mm-hmm. um, in action together. We should be able to look past being reformed or being charismatic and be able to come together and worship together together. Um, with each other's yeah. different styles and still be able to worship together, to be able to go out and do ministry together, even if we um, communicate in a different way or even act in different gifts um, or don't believe in certain gifts and all that kind of stuff, we should be able to do those things together, right? right. So that's really the strong point of what they talked about at the beginning is that they want that kind of unity in the body of Christ. Um, but the way they did it, I had a really big problem with in that they 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 almost said that like denominations were unimportant right and they they said um oh frick the thing that they said that i had a problem with was um they think that people that want to just hold to one denomination are like culty and i was like well what they said about cults is like oh if you don't believe they're saying like oh cults come in where it's like oh if you don't believe exactly like us, you're not saved yeah but it's like well no they didn't say that they're not saved it was specifically talking about like people that want to believe like the certain way and you have to believe this way Right, so like he he was saying like so Mormons would say if you mm-hmm. don't believe the Mormon doctrine, you're not saved. Right. Therefore, he was saying like people like that are like culty, where it's like if you don't believe everything we believe, then you're mm-hmm. not saved. But he wasn't referencing Mormons. No, he was just saying any type, any group of people. Right, and I'm saying that's ridiculous because Christianity's cult. 
No, because like to be a Christian, <laughs> to be in a denomination, you have to hold a set of beliefs and you have to believe to yourself that like this is going to be the correct way for me to believe because of this evidence, right? And to hold it and say like, oh, like I'm not right would to be not would to not believe in that thing, right? You can obviously have the the humility to say I could be wrong, which right. you should have, right? But just to say to someone like because you believe this set of beliefs and you're not like um, you're not saying that I like am right is like a cult is ridiculous in my opinion. I I don't know if that, that's not at least how I understood what he was saying. I was doing it a few times and it seemed like okay. And I'm sure like if we talked about it, he would try to explain it better. Right. I just didn't like the way that they communicated it. I love the message overall of that we need to be unified, but sort of the calling out of people for liking their denomination and the way they believe was insensitive a little bit to me. Right, he he took the emphasis off of the importance of believing what each denomination believes, and put the evidence emphasis on um, like coming together. Where I think you could put such a, a great value and emphasis on what the denominations believe, while saying we should come together in the beauty of that um, of those differences and do ministry together. Right, in being able to admit that I might be wrong and you might be wrong, but we mm-hmm. can still do ministry together, rather than like devaluing what like someone believes and maybe it being right or wrong, if that makes sense. Right. I just didn't get the impression that he was trying to devalue mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But what do you think about that part? Do you have any comments on it? Um, uh, I, I like the idea of, I don't, they didn't say this outright. I don't think, but it, the, the idea that goes major in the majors and mm-hmm. minor in the minors, mm-hmm. right? Like basic Christian doctrine hold fast to that. And then right, all right. the different views are fine. Um, yeah. Augustine has a really good quote that I forget off the top of my head that was talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like basically, like as long as we get the main part of our doctrine accurate, oh, excuse me. That as long as we get the main part of our doctrine accurate, then secondary issues don't have to cause us to be disunified. And at the same time, he banished people for doing that exact thing. So, well, awkward. Bill Johnson's got other problems too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's Augustine. Um, well, that was probably before he got corrupted by power. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I don't actually know. I'm not a historian on Augustine. <laughs> but let's talk about Jesus Christ as perfect theology. Yeah, super um, interesting. I feel like they didn't actually talk about no, the they actual didn't. theology. Okay, yeah, no, Jesus they didn't. So, but what I really like, I heard Mike Winger say this one time, because he's got a beautiful series on Bethel, if you yeah. ever care to look it up. Yeah. Um, he's like, okay, he's like, you can say Jesus Christ is perfect theology. He's like, the problem comes, though. When it's like, what Jesus are you talking about? Right. You know, exactly. and, and not that's that exactly what they didn't address. Right. Yeah. That's where I was kind of like, oh man. Um, and so to give you guys some um, background, when we say like, what type of Jesus are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about another Jesus. We're talking right. about which part of Jesus's ministry are you talking about? Because Jesus is in the Old Testament as mm-hmm. the angel of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. There's a couple instances in the Old Testament when an angel of the Lord appears before people yeah, and you can kind of tell when it's Jesus versus another angel, just an, or not another, another just <laughs> Jesus versus an angel. <laughs> Sorry, God. Um, because of how they respond to worship. Yeah. Right. So in a normal angel or just a regular, just an angel would be like, uh, don't worship me. Whereas yeah. the angel of the Lord that is Jesus mm-hmm. receives worship and doesn't stop them. Right. Right. So that's kind of the rule of thumb in the Old Testament for when you see the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament wiping out like 185,000 people mm-hmm. in uh, the Assyrians. I think it's the Assyrians with, uh, I know it's in Isaiah and something mm-hmm. like that with, with King Hezekiah. Now, I don't think, I, I could be wrong. Maybe that's just a regular angel. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not Jesus, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Jesus. But even if it is just an angel, then I can go to Revelation and talk about where Jesus is like 
the imagery of Jesus is that he's just slaughtered a bunch of evil people yeah. and he's blood stained it like up to like his waist basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I just killed a bunch of people and it's like righteous. And it's like, okay, do you want that Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you want the Jesus who's flipping tables? Do you want the Jesus who's yelling at hypocrites? Mm-hmm. And like, well, like, what part of Jesus are you saying is perfect theology? Mm-hmm. Cause I could make a theology about God saying God is nice to everyone based yeah. off how he treats a widow who's humble mm-hmm. and then see him be mean to a Pharisee who's a hypocrite and then be like, Oh wait, and I have a problem. Right. You know? So it's kind of like, well, uh, which so, is it kind of, yeah, which is it? And I would, we would say like your theology needs to be based off the entirety of scripture, the entire, yeah. the, because Jesus is God and God is revealed in all of scripture. God is revealed in the old Testament as well. Mm-hmm. So you can learn attributes of God's character and nature in fact, God introduces himself for the very first time and talks about his own nature and character in Exodus 34 for the first time ever. Yeah. So if you want to build your theology, which is your like theology meaning belief about God or, or your study Exodus of God. 34. What's that? Yeah, it's a great verse. Yeah. It's a great passage. And so you want to, if, if you're like, okay, I want to know God, the first place you would go is to, in, to see how he introduces himself, mm-hmm. right? Rule of first mention, all that stuff. And right. Jesus will never contradict himself right. or Jesus will never contradict God because they're the same. Right. But yeah, I think you can't just, I think it discredits the value of the whole Old Testament mm-hmm. and possibly some of the epistles um, mm-hmm. when you do that, because it says, oh, if Jesus is perfect theology, then I don't need to go anywhere else in the scriptures to know my theology. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to have a lot of problems with different parts. Like when, like, how do you answer someone who is saying, how is God good if he commanded genocide? Mm-hmm. And you're like, but Jesus never commanded genocide. And that's my theology. So how mm-hmm. to, you know, it's like. Okay, you got to understand the Old Testament to understand why God cor- right. commanded genocide, right. which He did, mm-hmm. but it's because they were sinful nation and deserved it. And and God, God hates is, evil. Yeah, and God is just, and so should you. Yeah, yeah. So God coming against evil is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It just looked like genocide for this one nation that was murdering babies, oppressing the poor, and right. manipulating the people. Which wasn't actual genocide. What? Which probably wasn't actual genocide. Wasn't actual genocide? Yeah. What do you mean? Like not all that people group was destroyed. That's because the Saul disobeyed. Not actually in in Jeremiah. That's not. It's not oh, not in of, Jeremiah. In uh, not in uh, Deuteronomy. It's not the case. I was thinking of Saul when he's like, "Hey, go kill all the Canaanites." Oh yeah, yeah, And he's yeah, like, yeah. "Wipe out the men, women, children, animals. Leave right, nothing." Right, right. And then Samuel comes and he's like, "What's this bleeding of goats out here? I told you to kill everything." Right. Right. But yeah. yeah. So what's interesting to me is in in this part, uh, they didn't actually talk about Jesus is perfect theology almost at all. No. They, they talked about what was more important to talk about because honestly, I don't really care about Jesus is perfect theology a lot. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not what's in controversy or what wasn't controversy. It wasn't what needed to be answered, right? What needed to be answered and addressed was in Bill Johnson's book, Jesus is Perfect Theology. I think it's in that book. Did he have a book called that? Yeah, that's where it came from. Is he wrote a book called Jesus is Perfect Theology. Oh. Um, um, oh, no, no, no. He, it's in the book uh, called um, Science of God or no, no, no. Phys- no, it's a book. No, physics it's a book. Of, I know, no, no. But I think it was in the book called The Physics of God or Physics of Heaven or something like that. Isn't that, that a weird thing anyways? Um, that he Phys- wrote. And he says basically that um, Jesus was a man in right relationship with God, right? So yeah. taking away the divinity of God. Um, so that's what needed to be explained. Physics and- of Heaven isn't by uh, Bill Johnson. Okay. But well, it's probably... Jesus' Perfect Theology is a book by Bill Johnson. Maybe it's in that book. I can't remember which book it's in. Um, but... He says that in the book. So that was what needed to be explained, right? Mm-hmm. And he explained that at the very beginning. He immediately said, Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. Those exact words came out of his mouth. And I was like, 
Sweet. That's all. Yeah. That's literally all right. I needed to hear you to say. Yeah, I'm like, okay, awesome. Thank and you. And then immediately, now redact that sentence from the book. <laughs> immediately after that, he goes on to talk about Jesus as if he's just a man the whole time. Well, one thing he said that I thought was really concerning was like, Jesus did things as a man, mm-hmm. full of the Holy Spirit, without sin. Right. And then he didn't say this outright, but the way he said it insinuated that if you don't sin and you're full of the Holy Spirit. You will do the exact same things as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, don't hear that sentence and think I'm saying you can't do miracles. Right. You can, but that's by the empowering of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. through you, not because of you. Like he does, right. he heals people in spite of you, like through, and our, and our weaknesses, like we're made strong through our weaknesses, right? Our reliance upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. It gives glory to God. And I just thought to myself, wait, I, I maybe I read into this too much, but I was thinking like, is he saying that you can be without sin then eventually? Yeah, he didn't make that exact point. Right. He was going that way a little bit. Um, yeah. I was a little bit frustrated in just his language after he talked about, like, he said what needed to be said, that Jesus is completely God and completely man, right? Yeah. 200% a being. That's what all he needed to say. All he needed to do was affirm the hypostatic union. That's all we needed to hear, right? Uh-huh. And then immediately after that, he just talks about Jesus in a way that's like, oh, he's just a man in relation with God and just takes away the deity of God completely and just treats him as a man, which I think is, I mean, kind of ignoring what the Bible says about Jesus most of the time. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's... And it, it makes sense. It's it's what we know he believes. So he made his theology clear and that he, he knows in his mind that Jesus is God and mm-hmm. 100% man, but he treats Jesus in the Bible as if he is just a man, right? So that's, that is his theology because that is how he talks about, or that is... Bill Johnson's theology, because that is how he talks about Jesus. Right. right. It's like as if... And that's what we already knew. Yeah, like he agrees with the hypostatic union. Yeah. It just seems like he emphasizes the man part of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Which probably isn't the greatest idea. It's just trying to make it relatable to Christians, right? So we can see like the example of Christ's life and then take the verse where it says that um, when Jesus is leaving, that with the Holy Spirit, you're going to do even greater things than I did. Right, 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 right. right. That's just the classic kind of train of thought that they have, which is totally... You know, they're prerogative to do. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting. Um, I would agree with parts of it and not all of it. Um, I definitely wouldn't treat Jesus the same way. But that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we can move on to the next part. Yes. Which, yeah. The theology of sickness and healing. Oh, one thing I wanted to also say is that just in like a small note, right after that Jesus part, they just m- completely misinterpret the word Abba for like five minutes. Yeah. Which, which yeah. that was ridiculous. Like... But, I mean, they're trying to go for daddy, and they're going to make it what they want it to be. Yeah. So they, they try to interpret the word Abba to mean, like, this really, really close, intimate thing um, to be, like, a daddy. When from, at least from every, like, um, Greek and he- or from every uh, um, Greek scholar that I've seen, like, that word doesn't mean daddy whatsoever. It yeah. is it is a close, like, father meaning, but it's not like saying daddy. Um I don't have a giant problem with it. I just think there's a problem with saying that's what the Bible says. If someone wants to like call God daddy because they have like that kind of a relationship with him, I that's great. Like you can, if that's how you want to express yourself to God, that's awesome. And you should do that. Um, but I don't want you to interpret words in the Bible incorrectly. Right. right. And it says like, this is a strong concordance. So the mm-hmm. Thayer's definition says Abba through frequent use and prayer gradually acquired the nature of a most sacred proper name to which the Greek speaking Jews added the name of their own tongue. Mm. So it's like the most sacred you can call God, which does show a level of intimacy that mm. 
maybe most people would think, oh, they don't have an a- actual right to. Mm-hmm. But it's not like daddy, like a little girl calling to her father. Right. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it that. Now it is an honor to call God Abba, and we shouldn't like ignore that. But it's just not daddy. Right. Please stop saying daddy God. It's not a theological issue. It's just uncomfortable for everyone around. Yeah. Anyways, um, you want to go up to theology of sickness and healing? Yeah. To clarify what I said earlier, um, it's written, Abba is written in Greek and originally in Aramaic, just for any of the nerds out there that wanted to correct me. Yeah. Okay. So with theology of sickness and healing, mm-hmm. how do we respond to that? Or what is their argument? What's their argument? First? Yeah. So um, I just think it's interesting. Obviously, I mean... I, I would be so surprised if anybody thought they had any other theology besides what they've said a million times, which is that it's got always God's will to heal someone, right? Yeah. And we talked about on the show before that we don't agree with that and that kind of stuff. Um, so we can just talk about like their conversation about it a little bit, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I thought was hilarious, like I actually laughed out loud as oh. as they said it. Oh my gosh. Which, which is really funny. Bill Johnson says... Um, he says that he always believes and has to always affirm that no matter what he reads in the Bible, um, or no matter what like he hears God tell him, or he reads in the Bible that it's always God's will um, that people would be healed, right? Every mm-hmm. time, right? Right after that, he literally says uh, two different stories of when God told him um, not to pray for healing for somebody. Right. And I was like, how are you not directly contradicting yourself right, right now? Right, right, Like, right, doesn't right. make any sense. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. Because if, if it's always God's will to heal, then he wouldn't ask you not to pray for someone. He would think, he would ask you to pray for them. Right. Right? You'd think so. By him ask, like, Bill Johnson, this is the situation. This guy is sick, and Bill Johnson goes to pray for him, puts his hand on him, and, and like, is about to pray for him. And he hears the Lord tell him, don't pray for this person they like this or this. And they need to repent. forgive someone. Yeah, forgive so, someone. Yeah. Uh, that was one instance. And another instance, he just said God wasn't going to heal them in that instance and that he didn't pray for that. And I have had the Lord say that exact thing to me before. Yeah. Like I, I went up to pray for several different people before and God would say, I'm not going to heal them in this moment. I have like a greater plan at work that like you can't see. And so I'm just not going to heal them right now. So like don't pray for that. Right. And right. I've had the Lord like directly tell me that before. And yeah. so... I don't know what other option there is in that scenario besides it's not God's will to heal that right, person. Right, right. then. Did you say kill? No, heal. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. guess you could kind of twist it and say like... Oh, it's not yet. It's not that God's will to heal him yet. Right. Right? Right. Which you could get away with, but the only, the only thing but is... But then you could say like, yeah, by that logic, I mean, yeah, everyone will be healed someday in the kingdom. Right. That's definitely like, true. Because if that's what we're talking about, then yeah, absolutely it's God's will that everybody be healed when we're in heaven. Yeah. And obviously you know, by, by his theology. I did like elect. though in that they did say like, okay, we believe that it's God's will to heal always. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't shy away from the fact that it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I respect really that part. Yeah. I'm like, thank you for not I also super loved his stories about like the times that God told him not to heal. Right. Yeah. Cause almost nobody talks about those stories and it happens all the time. Or like with his son. Cause and he shares this on yeah, the podcast. That was a great story. He talks about how his son has hearing problems or like partially deaf or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, my son has prayed for people to be healed from deafness. Like, I prayed for people to be healed from deafness. And it's happened. He's like, and we always actively pray for our son, too, and it just doesn't yeah. happen. He's like, mm-hmm. my faith always, or my son always just looks at me and says, one day closer, Dad. Yeah. And it's like that faith, that enduring faith that he has, really commendable, really respectable. And so yeah. I really appreciate that. He's like, yeah, like, sometimes we pray for healings, and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. And they didn't, like, 
shy away from it or try to brush it off. And, and they did say, like, it's never the individual's fault. You know, so a lot of oh, people... Oh, I in, love that. Yeah. That was the best part of the whole thing, in yeah. my opinion. A lot of people in the word of faith movement will say, like, yep. oh, if you didn't get healed, it's your fault. There's yeah. a problem You didn't have faith. enough faith. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Johnson has, like, was really very serious mm-hmm. and stern and, like... It is super not, clear. Yeah. He's like, it's not the individual's fault. Yeah. They did not get healed. Yeah. And he's like, there's some things we don't know, but it's definitely not their fault. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Like, I, I like that. Yeah. Now, I do think there's some aspects where some, someone's belief can hinder how much God can move in their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should make a theology based off a few replies of Jesus saying your faith has made you well go in peace. Right. You know, we shouldn't make whole dot. I mean, you could try, but like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't think you should victim blame the healing stuff. Yeah, he talked about in the Bible how there's an obvious correlation in some way between faith and healing in some aspect, right? Mm-hmm. On, on either end of like either the person who's praying for healing or the person who's like needing to be healed of having faith, there's some aspect there, right? Um, and it, it's different in the Bible, different times. Sometimes people getting healed have faith. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the person praying has faith, right? And it's just different sometimes. Um, and then they emphasized right after that, or he emphasized right after that, Bill, that, like, even the smallest amount of faith in the Bible was enough faith for God to heal them. Right? Yeah. Like, the smallest amount of faith. Right. right. And so, obviously, it's not a problem, or it seems like it's not a problem uh, in our world of, like, oh, I just had to believe more, and then I would be healed. Right. right? Like, if you have the smallest amount of faith, like it says in the Bible, or it doesn't say in the Bible, there's a story in the Bible of someone who has a very small amount of faith. That illustrates healed. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that yeah. illustrates it. Exactly. Yeah. I and, love that part. And also... The Bible kind of indirectly states that humans are very bad at having a lot of faith. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus says, if you have faith as small as mustard seed, you can move mountains yep. and, like, command it to go cast in the sea. Mm-hmm. And I've always heard that taught as, like, see, like, that, like a mustard seed is so small, so you just need a little bit of faith and you can do great things. But then, if you take a step back and think about it, you're like, well, humanity has never commanded mountains to be mm-hmm. moved and tossed in the sea, and it's happened. Right. Except for this, there's a legend in that in Armenia it happened, but that's just an urban legend. Right. But... That's never happened, right? So then it, it kind of makes you think, oh, wait, if it takes, if, if faith as small as a mustard seed can apparently literally move mountains, if mm-hmm. that's what we're saying, then how little faith do we have? And it's kind right. of like this realization like, oh, God, I have very little faith. I need you to grow me. I need the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. I need you because I can't have faith on my own. You know, yeah. I think. More often than not, we're not like these faith giants that have everything it takes. We're, we're probably mm-hmm. more often like the beggar who's like, the Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. You right. know, that's probably the, at least in my mind, that's more my mode for my life is mm-hmm. like, God, I be- help my unbelief. I need yeah. more faith. Always trying to have more faith and praying for more yeah. faith, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think I really appreciated how Bill Johnson responded to mm-hmm. that and, and, and outlined um, that it's not the victim's fault or anything like that. Yeah. A lot of respect for that. Yeah. That was easily my favorite part. Yeah. Um, I'm about to get really nerdy. One thing I thought was really interesting about just the talk of um, healing and their theology of healing, it almost seemed like, and I'm sorry if I'm going to lose some of you here, um, but try to follow along. Um, It almost seemed like they were affirming um, a theological view, which is super Calvinistic, of the two wills of God, um, Mm. the the perfect will of God, the permissive will of God, or the two wills of God in the the view of a... uh, a Calvinist. Um, you need those two wills because in the Bible it says that it's God's will that everybody come to salvation, right? Um, yeah. But then obviously there's the the theology of the elect 
um, in Calvinism of that only some people are saved, right? So it's kind of a contradiction of like, oh, well, if it's God's will to save everybody, but then there's also, it's only God's will to have these elect, then that's conflicting, so that God must have two wills. His permissive will, which are the things that don't have to happen, right, but are permissive, um, and then the things that are his perf- in his perfect will, right, or his absolute will, some people call it, um, and those things have to absolutely happen, right? So his elect uh, are his... Um, absolute will and so do you think al- sin was elected or permissible i i don't believe in the two wills of god i think it's oh i wonder what they would say i don't i don't think it's i'm gonna ask my friends about that alec if you're listening text me <laughs> yeah i don't believe in the two wills of god um even though i do have more of a calvinistic view of uh sovereignty um, i don't believe in the two wills of god um but now it's for different reasons <laughs> <laughs> i will discuss later in a very long episode yeah um <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so but it almost seemed like their talk on on healing was sort of like that in that God had two different wills one in that it was always God's will to heal someone but two in that he had a permissive will and that he didn't always heal people for different reasons which I thought was just very interesting because right after that they talk about the sovereignty of God and they have a super super Armenian view of the sovereignty of God like the most Armenian view you could possibly get and so it's just so funny to have that like at least if you if you know a lot of like systematic theology, you'd be super against the two wills of God if you're like a hardcore Arminianist, right? Which their theology seemed to be like right mm-hmm. after that. But then they also affirmed or seemed to affirm the two different wills of God, or at least use that excuse for um, him healing, which it just didn't make a lot of like sense. Why not both? T. Te- well, you can have both. You can, because they clearly do. <laughs> okay. That's true, yeah. No, they believe both. Someone, they can do that. I said something to someone um, a couple years ago. I was like, I think I'm looking at these two doctrines. I was like, oh, I think it's replacement theology. I was okay. like, I was like, I, re, re, replacement theology is that the idea that the church replaces Israel, right. so every promise for Israel in the Old Testament is now for, for the us. church, yeah. right? I don't believe that. Yeah. But then I do believe you shouldn't either. in like the fact that in like whatever the end times look like, mm-hmm. potentially Israel could play a significant role. Or the church, when it ever says Israel, the church could potentially play a significant role. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I believe in replacement theology, but I think in this maybe small instance, I could believe in replacement yeah, yeah, theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at this point, it was like a couple years ago. I don't know if I'd still hold to that yeah, view yeah. if I actually had a conversation with myself. But the guy, I was talking to this pastor, and he's like, "You can't do that. You can't, you can't do that." Bro. I was like, "But I do." <laughs> but wait, but but I but I am. And he's like, "No, you can't believe those things." I was like. I was like but actively, I am, and I don't see it's a <laughs> no, problem. No, no, you don't understand. I, I, I am. I am. And I was like, I'm that. currently doing the thing you said I can't do, and I feel like I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm probably not, and I probably have to figure it out. No, but you don't understand. I, I'm right. <laughs> you don't seem to be hearing me. I, I'm right on this issue, though. Right. I wouldn't believe it if I knew it was wrong. So, <laughs> but I know I'm right, so I can believe him. Listen here, pastor of a church who has way more education than I do. And I'm right. That's so funny. I'm a youth intern. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But, uh, That's great. Yeah, but, yeah. but it, was, it was an interesting uh, part of the conversation for so, sure. So, yeah. So, with that, let's segue into the sovereignty of God. What yeah. they were saying about the sovereignty of God. Or do we want to comment more on, like, um, the what we believe about healing? No. Okay. We believe God heals, but it's not always... Yes. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Anyways. Seems to be pretty self-apparent Move in on. the world. <laughs> Uh, so in the sovereignty of God, they were saying it's kind of like God owns a house, but he doesn't control what goes on. So he's mm, yeah. in charge of the house, but he's not controlled of what goes on in the house. It's like if you're renting an apartment, right? Like oh, the landlord yeah. is not telling you where you can organize your furniture or how to organize your furniture, but he's in charge if he says that's not allowed. Yeah. Right. So it's like God's in charge of the universe, but he's not 
controlling every aspect of the universe. Yeah. Which I always run into dilemmas with the sovereignty of God. Well, there's so many dilemmas because in, that, in that view. right on the face value, I'm like, I think I agree with that. Yeah. I'm down. It sounds nice. Yeah. But then once I start thinking about, like, is death fixed? Mm-hmm. Is there one reality? Mm-hmm. If I end up marrying my current girlfriend, like, which I would I'd be down for. I really like her a lot. <laughs> um, um, but if, if we end up married, was that fixed? Like, mm-hmm. or because then it's like reality, right? Like, if I get married, whoever you marry, that's fixed. Mm-hmm. You got married to that person. The day you die, that seems fixed. You died on X day. Right. Right. But then it's like, oh, but if there is free will, could you have died on another day had you right. chosen to go to the army? Mm-hmm. Right. But then it's like, oh, I don't know, possibly, but that reality doesn't exist. And will never be actualized. Right. So with this idea of like potential possible realities mm-hmm. never being actualized, I think there's only one timeline that's actualized. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm led to believe that maybe God's sovereignty is bigger than I expect, right. which makes me think I can't believe Bill Johnson. <laughs> but on face value, I'm like, no, but I agree with you because I maybe it's my pride. I don't want the Calvinist to be right. You know, or I'm yeah, like, that's pride. Duh. <laughs> But I, it's not that I don't want them to be right. It's I don't think that they're actually right. I just haven't mm. justified why in my mind yet. Yeah, I think it has to do with your view of humanity and God. And obviously, we don't have enough time to get into all of this. Um, I hold a much more Calvinist view of who God is and his sovereignty and stuff like that and how um, all of that works within our world and stuff like that and how much he's in control of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't have enough time to get onto it. Right. But the point is, is that they had a conversation about God's sovereignty and it was very, very Arminian. Yeah. Yep, Which is cool. So. That's I would say like most of the most of the evangelical church today is probably very Arminian, so lined up like like normally with what yeah, I don't think normal theology of I anyone I talk any of my friends back home would probably agree. Arminians with that. are yeah, yeah yeah and to to in a sense like there's a spectrum of course of how much God is in control of and how much He um, allows us to act in our free will in right yeah um, you have to admit that even if you're the most hardcore um, um, Calvinist right I mean. I, I guess you don't Wait, have to. Repeat that sentence. I was thinking about something else. We have some amount of free will. Yeah. So Calvinists, like I have, I would explain, it's been explained to me, is that like, so you have free will in your sin nature. Like you're allowed to choose, like before you're saved, right? You're allowed to sin how you want to sin. Mm-hmm. But you don't get a say in if you get saved or not. Right. So it's like, no, you have free will that you can sin how you want, but you don't have free will in that you accept Jesus. Right. And once you have the nature of God, you have like free will to walk out the nature of God. Mm-hmm. so it's like it's situ it's like interesting like yeah you have free will but you don't have control over your mm-hmm. nature it's like basically yeah. what it is well, let's move on to the next point um that was interesting but right after that they talked about the different translations of the bible super freaking interesting i thought this was not nearly as bad as i thought it was going to be oh really honestly you go first then because okay. i didn't have very strong opinions on it they said some things that i was a little worried about but yeah they also said some yeah. things that i was like i honestly i was ready for bill johnson to say I only study from the passion. The passion's the only version I read. Right. And everything else is trash. And that was right. what I was ready to hear. Right. So he, that's not what he said. Right. He said he studies from the NASB, which I do too. No, it's the NLT. No, he said NASB. NASB. And he used, and they brought up the Living Translation as well. I'm so almost they, positive he just said he only, for like speaking, he only studies from the NLT and the New King James Version. No, it was NASB. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, we can watch. I have it. It right also here. doesn't, it doesn't matter. Got it right here. We can, <laughs> we can just play it. They're, um, they're similar translations. Yeah. Well, well, no. NLT's idea for idea and ASB. I'm just saying they're both actual translations. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he uses King James, which I was like kind of shocked at. I was like, well, that's 
really weird to hear yeah. you say. I was really uh, surprised by that, honestly. They talked about how they used to use the message a lot in uh, teaching, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, it was like, it's either NLT or NASB, whatever mm-hmm. they study with. Either way, I liked the NASB a lot. It was my main script uh, Bible I used for yeah, it's a, it's a great translation. Year. I used I now use ESV just because that's what I did. BCC. So now you're better than everybody. Now I'm a, I'm an elite Christian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I've now he actually reads the Bible. So I've surpassed him who uses CHB. <laughs> Is that what it's called? CSB. CSB. Um. But yeah, so I used to use it, and the King James. I'm like, oh, I don't know if people should use the King James personally. It's a different topic. Yeah. Anyways. Oh. Um, so I was. I enjoyed that he said that, but he did say how he liked the passion, how he thought it's good for inspiring people and conveying mm-hmm. a message in mm-hmm. a different way. And then he, he had, okay, so I was talking to friends about this yesterday and the passion translation, this is how I described my emotions towards it. It's like, if you brought, I first found out about it, I got really mad because I found out what it was. Mm-hmm. And it's like if I was boiling water and then you turn the down to a low boil, but it's like anywhere right there, it's always at a low simmer. It's ready to get hot again. Right, right, it's right. like, I have this undying, just like, Undying uh, uh, anger, not anger, <laughs> upsetness with the fact that the passion exists yeah. and people like it, no, and too. that no one challenges it. Yeah, because it literally, and we had a whole episode on this. We can do probably so many more because we only did like maybe a thirty-minute episode on like a four-hour topic. Yeah, but like they change actual scriptures. Yeah, and right. So that's why I was upset. It's not like, the Bible. It's not. No, it's not. You should if you have it. I'm sorry. Throw it out, please, for your sovereign. For or don't your pretend it's the Bible. Yeah, it's not. It's not the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's heresy. Anyways. It's um, heresy to call it the Bible. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't like... Okay, so actually I'll say this. The other guy, not Bill Johnson, his friend, I forgot who it was. Mm-hmm. Dan something maybe. Yeah. Um, he was saying how, you know, like when it comes to the passion, we have this like a critical spirit towards it. We got to get rid of that critical spirit. Ooh, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I'm down to talk about the critical spirit that people have. I'm a cynic. Yeah. My nature is to, my like sin nature, my flesh nature, whatever you want to call it, is to question every authority construct or anything that people tell me. I question Mm -hmm. like, okay, what are you trying to get out of me? You know? So I understand, I've done a lot, actually I, the Lord has done a lot of work in my life to calm down this critical mentality, right? So I'm all for like saying, hey, let's not have a critical spirit. Let's give grace. Mm -hmm. I know I'm learning and growing in this every day, you know? Uh, But what I don't like is when someone makes something as controversial and dangerous and bad as the passion, and they yeah. didn't make it, but they promote it. So it promotes something right. as dangerous and terrible as the passion, and right. then says, but we can't have a critical spirit, right. because that to me is just very, very manipulative, and yeah. to say, you can't challenge it. So, so here's this really dangerous thing, but don't challenge it, because you don't want to fall into a critical spirit. Right. And I'm like, it's a logical fallacy, oh. you can't do that. I'm like, or you can't do it. Yeah, it's like, then we shouldn't. can't, like, are you saying I can't question anything? Right. You know, right. and I'm like, if I have this belief like, and it's terrible, but you shouldn't question it. It's like, let's kill spirit. babies. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. We should stop doing abortion. It's like, well, we have a critical spirit. And that's not yeah. what Bethel does. They're, they're Christians. They're not going to kill babies. Right, right. But it's the same train of thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like, put whatever you want there. Say, like, say you hate Biden and you're like, I don't like Biden. So I was like, well, you have a critical spirit. You know, you shouldn't talk bad about his policies. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, or, or you like, Trump did bad things. Like, well, don't have a critical spirit now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, don't have a critical spirit, but stand up for truth. Stand up for righteousness. Exactly. Stand up for integrity of scripture, especially yeah. when it comes to the passion. Yeah, but actually having a critical spirit is 100% a thing. Yeah, don't right? have And there that. are many people who have that and who do struggle with it. And I think there's times in my life where I have too. But there's also such a thing as not being okay with what certain people believe. And right. Especially when it comes to and, translations of the Bible that aren't translations of the Bible. Yeah, and like I have – because in my mind I'm like – 
Okay, so the Passion Translation is very progressive Christianity, right? The Sadducees in the Bible are the, the progressives of the Bible, mm -hmm. right? In Jesus' day. You see the Pharisees, and they're more traditionalists, and you see Sadducees, and they're more progressives, right? And Jesus is kind of, like, mean to both in a mm -hmm. way that he, like, has no patience for them because they're manipulating the masses. And I just wonder, like, okay, so are you, you going to say Jesus had a critical spirit towards the 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 Pharisees and, and the um, Sadducees? Mm-hmm. No, and and he challenged like agreed upon uh, religious constructs of the culture. Mm. He challenged those greatly. Yeah, and so it's like I don't think we need to just jump to say, "Oh, you have a critical spirit." If you're questioning it, mm -hmm. don't have a critical spirit. Ask God to help you with it. I do it all the time, mm -hmm. and I'm like, God, like I know it's so easy for me to get critical. Please help me like find grace in the situation. Yeah, I'm the first to admit that I need it. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> I need God's grace, but there's room to challenge and say, okay, but like. What is, what is this going What's going on here? Yeah. Um, anyways, that rant's over. Yeah. Um, one thing I did say is like, Bill Johnson's like, I really like the passion because it helps people who struggle with harder translations with the hithers and thithers and these and thous. And I was like, there's one translation that says that. Yeah, dude, there's just one. The ESV doesn't say that. The CSB doesn't say that. NASB, I would prefer you read the NIV over yeah. the passion. And that has 114 known mistakes. Yeah. And so I'm like, what the heck? Like, there's not that many hard translations, and, and right. people are a lot smarter than we think. Right. Um, right. I have one more point, and then I'm done with my soapbox. Okay, go for it. Unless you have something you want to add. I do, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say this, and then you go off. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go off, but... Okay. Here's a quote that one of it, that Bill Johnson's friends said. In the, in the interview? Yeah. Okay. He said, on this journey of God giving us the scriptures he oh, wants to yeah. build the t for the church he wants, type of church he wants to build. Let me say that again. On this journey of God giving us the scriptures he wants to build the type of church he wants. So, okay. Full of culty. There's, Full of culty, bro. There's problems in that. Because, couple, couple problems here. Because, okay. I'm going to try to go slow so we can work through it. In order to understand the dangers of this statement, you have to understand this whole big thing called the NAR, which is the New Apostolic Reformation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The New Apostolic Reformation is like definitely Bethel and definitely Hillsong and probably other ministries that are small are there. Mm -hmm. They have this idea of dominionism where it's like, okay, God said, let your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. Right. So we're going to build your kingdom on earth. We're going right. to set up these Christian institutions. We're going to, we are going to build this theology and reproduce it all over the world. Right. Mm -hmm. The theology that says God always wants to heal, which down to pray for healing, but you know, it's not always this theology that says like all this progressive stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And so then, and, and the passion was created by a guy that came out of Bethel. So yeah. Bethel has this theology. They're trying to reproduce it. Makes sense. We try to reproduce theology that we believe because yeah. we think it's good. Yeah. And then they make a Bible to back their theology. Right. And then with this Bible that they try to back their theology with, they say God is revealing different scriptures in different times mm -hmm. to build his type of church. So basically saying, and it's like, it's, it's underlying, it's subconscious, but it basically says, hey, God might be revealing this, bringing the scripture about on this time, mm -hmm. so don't challenge it, so he can build his church, which just happens to be us, yeah. which our agenda that we want to build. Yeah. It's very much like protecting their cause and asking people not to challenge it. And if you do challenge it, you might be challenging God. Yeah. And it makes it very, very weird for me. Yeah. Um. Can you think of any religions that might have done that? Mm -hmm. Like maybe like pretty much all of them mm -hmm. that believe in a monotheistic God. Yeah. yeah. You have Baha'ism that did that. Baha'ism? Yeah. Baha'i. It's like very similar to Islam. It, okay. It came off of just like you, you add things onto oh, the Bible. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. 
um, it's like you continue to have prophets. Yeah, Islam, which Islam. is the same thing, very similar to Baha'ism. And then you have lots of different cults, right? You have like Mormons, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses right. and all those other ones. Right. They just add on to more prophets to the Bible because they say that, oh, well, that was for that time. And now we have a progressive idea of God's revelation of now God is revi- like revealing new scriptures to us for the church now. Right. right. So we're not saying Bethel's a cult, but we're just saying it's, it's a super dangerous it's line of thought. It's really dangerous. Like the road that they seem to be walking down doesn't go somewhere that we think is good. Yeah. And I'm like, I was thinking about, I was talking with some friends earlier this week, but I was like, man, I'm really interested to see what Bethel looks like in 20 years. Oh yeah. Will it be a cult? Who knows? Yeah. Like, is it going to be like the new, like Mormons? Probably not, but like, I'm I'm just really curious if this, this road they're going down, Mm. how far, how far does it go before that stops being Christian? Yeah. Yeah. The thing that was really encouraging to me actually, and what Bill said about uh, the Passion Translation is that he said he doesn't use it for teaching ever. He uses those two different translations, right? The NLT or ASB and the New King James Version. And those are the two that he preaches out of. So I was like, okay, immediately, that's great. Like, you're not preaching out of uh, not the Bible. Just other pastors all around the world. Right. Like, you're you're just preaching out of, like, an actual Bible. And then he said he had only used um, um, the Passion for, he said, for passion and inspiration, yeah problems like uh, there are some problems there because the Bible, the Bible's not inspiring itself right um <laughs> but it, it's better than just using it for everything right? yeah yeah so i i was encouraged to hear that like, a little okay bit. you're still using that asb in king james so yeah right. exactly so I, I did like that part yeah um and he said he doesn't use like the passion to proof text things he just uses it um like because he likes it and he likes the language of it and he gets inspiration from it right. but he doesn't use it to form theology he said right. which i think is good who knows if that's actually true but yeah that's what we can only go based off what he said though right but that's yeah. what he said i love that i loved all those parts thought it was really good really insightful um and it was very um like easing to hear that that's like his his thought process so i like that part a lot yep 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 you have anything else um not on the passion translation that's my soapbox okay i'm always fiery about it that man one of the best things they said the end at the end i didn't really disagree with anything then they talked about the continuation from um like what the gospel is as a whole of um like what does the cross uh, what was that the exact words they say was like the cross is central to the gospel but they said it's not the only central thing they said the, the cross gets you relationship with god right yeah and so the the cross and the relationship are central to what the gospel is right the gospel is that we're broken people and that we need a savior and that christ is that savior and then him coming and taking our sins away now restores us a relationship with god and that the relationship with god is just as central part of the gospel as the cross is right mm-hmm. and so they they add that in and saying that this is the whole like this is the gospel right and that we're sinners and that this the salvation that we get bridges this gap and now we have a relationship with god and the relationship with god is just as central as the cross and i thought yeah. that was beautiful yeah i really like that it's left out a lot and i thought yeah. it's awesome like that's a lot of what they try to preach and i think it's absolutely fantastic yep. you know it's something that's been left out for a long time and just focusing on the cross the cross is amazing and can be focused on because it is central and it never needs to be left out it never needs to be looked past or even gone past or forgotten mm-hmm. right never ever should we do that um we should also never forget what the cross gets us right cross gets us a renewed relationship with god which is why christ died right right because we forget like what it got us then like what's the point in having it if we're not taking hold of the gift that god gave us with the cross which is having um a relationship with god right right exactly love it yeah thought that was a great great way to end that podcast episode i was actually um, delighted with them 
Yeah, I really, oh, I, I did really like it. Besides the passion it. thing, I was just like, and, and some other stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. huh, I, mm-hmm. I'm not really upset. Yeah. Obviously, like, we disagree with a lot of it, and maybe this podcast has seemed, like, a little critical of it. Definitely don't agree with a lot of the theology, but overall, I was really encouraged to hear that, like, they believed a little bit more normal stuff than I thought they did. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the m- I really appreciate I it. I'm, like, thankful for that, that they did that. Yeah, me too. Um, Could have used it two years ago, but... Yeah. And it's going to be a now. series. They're going to continue coming out and talking about stuff, so... That's true. I'm going to keep watching. Yeah. Um, re- really hoping to redeem some mm-hmm. um, thoughts or, or concerns I've had towards them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I believe they're still Christians. I believe they're, they're walking out Christianity the best they know how in the fear yep. of the Lord. And we just disagree with differently. Yep. But the message of the gospel is central. Jesus Christ died for your sins and there's repentance at the cross. Mm-hmm. And he can fill you with the Holy Spirit and will if you ask for it mm-hmm. to empower you to walk out this life. And he wants a relationship with you. Yep. So we're encouraged by that. I want you guys to be encouraged by that mm-hmm. and let it change your life. Yeah, really. it's got to change your life, mm-hmm. right? That's awesome. We got a ton of really cool episodes coming up. We're really excited about some really interesting topics. If you guys have any topics you want to hear about, let us know. Um, hit us up on TikTok or our Instagram or our DMs or emails or whatever you want to do. We love to have engagement with you guys. Um, over this next year, we're going to be um, together a lot more. So we're planning on a lot of new stuff, growing the the series, putting out more ads, putting out better content. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like not being on this couch anymore and finding like <laughs> a more hip like a more place to record video. Studio. Yeah, we're really excited for the things to come. We want to continue this. Um, this is really good for us, like as friends and for us growing and we hope it's encouraging to you guys as well. We hope you can learn and understand if you ever have questions or disagree with us, we'd love to have conversations. Um, most of our closest friends, I would say almost all of our closest friends don't agree with us theologically. We don't agree with each other theologically on a lot of things too. Totally fine. And if you'd love to have a conversation or disagree with us and like bring up some points, that's like our most favorite thing to do. Please do that. We'd love to hear it. Um, you can do it publicly too if you want to like respond on uh, TikTok. Yeah, we, have an, we have an awesome conversation over video on TikTok for the world to see um, and hopefully open some eyes to some really cool aspects of who God is um, and, and different characteristics that he has and have a little debate. So it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to be back. Pizza time. Thank you guys. Spider-Man? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Adios.